What would you do if you only had energy from the food you ate when you were a kid? You may move as little as possible, and only when you had to. That's what the Atlas Moth does, since it doesn't have a mouth designed for eating food. But what does it do when predators show up, looking to snack on a gentle, defenseless insect? Sometimes a bluff goes a long way in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Brian for the creation of our theme song. (laughs) Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. (laughs) Brian is a different kind of artist. He works with the, the visual. Uh, if you want to check out this week's artwork, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit, visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And today we're talking about an insect that wants you to think it floats like a butterfly and stings like a bee. But more on that later. Yeah, because if it's giant stinger, right? Right, exactly. No, not at all. We're talking about the Atlas Moth. That's right. You know, the Titan. A moth that holds up the world. Yeah. It's been cursed to do so by Zeus himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, also known as, we're going to call it here, the Fontaine's Fuzzy Flying... Wait, wait. Friend? Hold on. I messed it up. Fonta- Fontaine's Fuzzy Futuristic Flyers. That's what I meant to say. I typed it in wrong. Okay. Um... I didn't That's understand a, that reference. It's a Bioshock reference because uh, it's a spoiler Bioshock reference. Ooh. So if you haven't played the if you haven't played this uh, what now sixteen year old game, go play it. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, the next one is to kill a mothing bird. <laughs> that was the smart one I was thinking of, um, which will become the joke will become apparent. When we talk about the genus. The joke will become apparent when it has little baby jokes. Correct. Or at least one. And then it won't sleep anymore. (laughs) Because we're done with that. You've transcended it. Transcended sleep. Um, And then the last one is Atlas. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. (laughs) My moth has come along. My moth has come along. Yep. <laughs> uh, would you like to taxonomize this? Or uh, would you like me to taxonomize My caterpillar this? days are over. Although, what's a moth when it's a worm? Not a, a worm. Cater- it is, is a, it a caterpillar? caterpillar. What's the other yes. one? They're both caterpillars. That's not true. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I respectfully disagree. It is true. They're both caterpillars. I typed in caterpillar and I got the like uh, construction parts company. Oh yes. So let's taxonomize this, Captain. Okay. The kingdom is one you know, love, and are in. And that kingdom is Animalia. 
The phylum is not Anthropoda. Nope. As Joe has often said, it's Arthropoda. So it's uh, Arthur feet. That's right. King Arthur feet. Or uh, the uh, Aardvark. Aardvark. Um, A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. I, I do know how to spell that thanks to that show. The class is Insecta. The order, Lepidoptera. Uh, it's a Leopleurodon. Um, the family is Saturnidae. So it has an outdated car. The mm-hmm. genus is Atticus. Which is why I called it to kill a mothing bird. Ah. Get it? Yes. Atticus Atticus Finch is one of the major characters in Another the story. bird. Yeah. <laughs> another bird. Is she kinda got it on the nose with that one because they're the finches. Um the and the species is Atlas. So Atticus Atlas is the name of the Atlas moth. Hmm. Um, because it knows its way uh, around the world, it has and is an atlas. Um, since we're in the business of naming things, though, it's time for my favorite part of the show: critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? What is the term of entry? Or what is the collective noun? It's all the same. If you saw a group of atlas moths, or just moths in general, um, would you say it's A, an eclipse of moths? B, a luna of moths? C, a wane of moths? Or D, a phase of moths? It's just a phase are you um <laughs> it's <laughs> there's a bunch of moths coming towards us it's just a fame. <laughs> um i don't know if you can tell there's a there's a there's a theme for this one maybe i'll go themed going forward moons lunar you said what give them to Ecl- me again eclipse luna wane and phase i'm going to say an eclipse. They blot out the moon. Our moths will blot out the moon. Then we will hug in the shade. Then we will hug in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that your final answer, Eclipse? Sure. Ding, ding, ding. Ooh. The answer is an eclipse. You know what moths. was waning? My confidence. I did not expect that to be the right answer. Really? Then what did you expect to be the right answer? Well, I was between Eclipse and uh, the last phase. Phase? Yeah. And that would be nice. There's a, there's a phase coming. No, it's a, they're butterflies. It's not just a phase, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whatever a group of butterflies is. Have we not? Have we done that one? I don't know. Pro- probably. Pavilion. That's yeah. not true. Butterfly Pavilion is of a very singular structure at Tradewinds Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, a very, very deep cut. Yeah, it's very, very deep cut for everyone who lives in Coconut Creek, Florida. Um, Cat bat, butterfly capital of the world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you want to go see more butterflies than you usually do, um, go to Butterfly World. It's pretty cool. Anyway, 
let's talk about what this particular moth, not butterfly, looks like. So as a caterpillar, that's the first larval stage, um, Atlas is green with spines that are white and waxy, kind of like the Jimmy Fallon exhibit at Madame Tussauds. Uh, their cocoons uh, look like brown dried leaves, and that's mostly because they are brown dried leaves. Um, once they become moths, or their last stage called the Imago, uh, they have large... The Imago rust. Day? Yes. The image of God. <laughs> um, they have large rust red wings with cream colored tips that have no other interesting design features whatsoever. So we can move on. Their wings also have uh, fang or claw-shaped patterns on each side, so kind of like little curved triangles uh, that look pretty interesting. And their bodies are also rust-colored with cream-colored stripes, so they um, they actually look kind of tasty. Uh, <laughs> they uh, and then on tops of, on the tops of their heads, they have long feathered antennae that look like the sea uh, pen. If you've uh, Listen to our episode or seen the art on the C pen. It looks like that. It's pronounced and Sean Pen. Sean Pen. Yeah. Um, and these they're very sensitive uh, chemoreceptors, which will come into play later. Um, but overall, this is one of the largest moths in the world. Um, not the largest moth. There are, there are several moths species that uh, beat it out. But as far as wingspan goes, uh, it's up there. That's all there is to say about T that. Time time for fast facts. Oh, wait. Let's talk about how big it is. Since you were mentioned, it might be among the biggest. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment. The official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in an audio of yourself saying, saying you're chittering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro, but that means we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. You know, it might be time soon to uh, redo an election. Oh, well, yes. You said this not too long ago. Two years ago. You know, the world was going through so much in terms of elections. We, we didn't want to overshadow. Two years ago. That with our very... Or a year ago, a year from uh, two election cycles ago. Last election cycle was in November. Last time we did a vote for uh, Critter Groups v. Uh, measure Up, that was uh, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. And now I think Facebook has ended the polling thing. The world is just a different place now, and I would have to say that I feel like people are definitely back to their senses at this point. Definitely. No one is rabid anymore. Yeah, there are no more irrational thoughts or behaviors, and therefore they can vote uh, correctly, which is uh, voting for, for critter groups. Just like there are no cats in America. There exactly. are no irrational people anymore. No, yeah, no irrational people, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. We're done with that. We're a better country for it. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, dive into this. Let's hear from this animal. Sure. 
Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. I'm very interested to hear what the options are. Is that A, Tina Belger groaning? (laughs) (laughs) No. Is that A, a moose, B, a mouse, C, a mink, or D, a skink? Is this a trick question? It can't be a skink. There's no way I would put something in here just because it rhymed. Yeah. I got to be honest. It sounds a little rushed. (laughs) Um, what was the second one? Squirrel? <laughs> Mouse? Mouse. <laughs> uh, wow, this is a close call, but I think I'm going to have to go with Moose. <laughs> Final answer? You're going to get me. It's probably a mink. I'm not really 100% sure what um a mink is. I think, I mean, I know that, like, I've seen, like, mink coats. But I don't think it makes that kind of sound. I don't think it makes the sound of what's of Tina Belcher grunting in the forest. So yeah, moose. Final answer. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) The gigantic forest footfalls were also a kind of a big. The rest of these things are small. I didn't know if people were like throwing things at it or it was being (laughs) dragged. (laughs) <laughs> no, one of there's one one of them is licking a tree, li- just licking a tree. It goes mow, and then another one like seems offended by that and runs at it quickly and then stops, and that's then goes about its business. It's why you never give a moose a muffin or a tree. If you give a moose a mile, they take. An inch. An inch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so, so true. <laughs> uh, let's talk wingspan. Sure. They're 24 centimeters or 9.4 inches. Quite a, a big bug. Yeah, that is, this is dinner plate sized. So, how many Atlas moths go into the height of the smallest elephant in the world? Wouldn't the smallest elephant in the world be a fetal elephant? Fair enough. The smallest elephant subspecies (laughs) in the world. Okay. Here's a hint. The Borneo pygmy elephant is native to to forests of Malaysia, it's the fourth officially recognized subspecies of Asian elephants. And we're going by the height? Yes. All right, I'm going to say this thing is uh, four feet tall. From, the, from its padded feet to its withers. Also, we're going for, for the upper end of average. We should have went for, the in this case, the lower end of average because we're talking about something that's uniquely small. But we're going with the upper end of average for elephant height. 
So I'm going to say the answer is five. Five yeah. moths? F- five moths. Final answer. Wingspans go from the the feet to the withers. Yep. The correct answer is seven. Oh, so it's... About eight feet. 1.7 feet. meters. But they... What did I do wrong? They can be... They probably can be around five moths tall. Like a small female. We're talking large male. Five point. That, so that's the. You know what? You know what happened? That's the lower end of average. We did go with the lower end of average. Oh, okay. So it's five. Still, I like a six. Five, six. That is a, that is a pretty small, full grown snoot horse. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's talk larval length. They're the larval cinematic universe. (laughs) Let me just go ahead and double check my conversions just to be sure. Captain Larval. I've missed a lot of good options here. (laughs) They are 11.5 centimeters or 4.5 inches. Okay. How many moth larvae go into the height of the tallest living tropical tree? How many calipeters? Yeah. That's how I used to say it, and every time I say caterpillar, I have to look, I I have to pause and think. It takes Cal- a it, it takes some more uh brain power to say that word than others um, because I have to fight against the caliper. Well, here's a hint. Temptation. Tallest tr- living tree you said? Tropical tree. Trop Oh, wow. Okay. Here's a hint. The tree was found in Borneo via a flyover then they went and in 2019 climbed it and measured it it's a spe- so it's tropical a sp- tree it's a tree in a tropical climate or it's a tree that is tropical in nature that grows in tropical climates it's a yellow miranti because like palm trees you could say are tropical yes but they also grow in deserts so yeah this is probably this is not a palm tree. It doesn't look like it's it's like um it's if you look at it it's one long uh trunk with a small like q-tip of leaves at the top. Like a lowland executor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although he looks like a palm tree at the top. Yeah. All right, I have no way of knowing what this is, so um, 200 feet sounds super tall for a tree that's not like a redwood or something like that. Um, times 12 is 2,400 inches divided by 4.5 inches is 533 uh, calipiters. Caterpillars. <laughs> uh, final answer. Yeah, five thirty-three. The correct answer is eight hundred and fifty-seven moths. I mean, calipiters. Yeah, calipiters. The like uh, constellation. The tree was ninety-eight point five three meters, or three hundred and twenty-three feet and three point uh, one inches. That is pretty darn tall. 
Like you'd imagine that to be like the Avatar home tree, but um, like the the style of tree, mm-hmm. like very thick and with lots of branches and stuff going on. But yeah, but yeah, All right. you, you can click on a link at ldtaxonomy.com <clears throat> to see that record page without the picture of congratulations you're looking at the guinness book of world records website it's just a stock photo there's no tree you don't get (laughs) to see the tree it's so easy to just go and take a picture of it google yellow marinati maranti not marinati m-e-r-a-n-t-i that's like a Maserati, but for boats. Against the ocean. Mare anti. I see it. There it is. It's tall. It's, it sure is. Do you have any fast facts <laughs> before we get into the major facts machine? I sure do. What's a facts machine? Goodness. <laughs> um, uh, okay, yeah, so... You mentioned Borneo. Uh, the Atlas moth lives in southeast and southeast Asia from the stands to Japan's. Uh, they like forest and shrublands all around there. And that includes the island of Borneo um, and a lot of the islands in Malaysian, Indonesian, things like that. Uh, as far as their diet goes, as caterpillars, they eat leaves. To the surprise of no one, um, they <laughs> primarily eat citrus, cinnamon, guava, and evergreen leaves, um, though their first meal is usually their eggshells. So eat your eggs, kids. I mean, like chicken eggs or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, so that's their first meal after hatching. They just eat what they were they were hanging out in. Um, and, but as full-blown moths, their diet gets uh, a lot more interesting. And by interesting, I mean non-existent. Uh, they don't have developed mouth parts, so they don't eat. They can't eat. Uh, they just live for a couple of weeks while they look for a mate. And so they live in love off of the fat they've stored up as a wee caterpillar. Um, so... If you handed Atlas a sandwich, Atlas would shrug. Uh. <laughs> just good, just good, good objectivist humor. It's always um, libertarianism with you. Whether it's Bioshock or Ayn Rand. I mean, this, come on, it's 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 Atlas. It had to be there. <laughs> Plus, Bioshock's like one of the best adaptations of objectivists' uh, political philosophy. Um. So yeah, that terrible joke aside, I am a dad now. So you get you got to give me some. <laughs> you got to give me some leeway. These are all. These are literally the only jokes I have left. Um. So I just have to kind of roll with what I what I can read from a, one of those Uncle John's bathroom readers. <laughs> um. Awesome, good, clean jokes for kids. Correct. Correct. Or uh, one hundred one knock knock jokes. Silent but deadly. people are are probably in physical pain from listening to this we should really do ldt presents the silent silent but deadly good clean dad jokes 
for reading in the bathroom. Yeah, that's going to be our next um, our next project. Our our next big money making scheme. Yeah, we 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 just make so much money uh, off of all of the other stuff that mm-hmm. uh, we can just we can just kind of spit it out and make it work. Fives of dollars we make. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> After taxes, it's a small fortune. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know the parasite. Takes. Oh, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> um, when so when the caterpillar gets to max length, which is 4.5 inches, uh, it'll spin a cocoon out of silk and dead leaves, like I mentioned earlier, um, and it'll live in it for about a month before emerging as an adult with the world on its shoulders. Because it's an atlas moth. Mm-hmm. Um, from besi- because of the fact that they can't eat. Uh, they need to conserve all of the energy they can to extend their lives. Uh, each flight that they take can literally take days off of their life. Uh, so, females after hat or after coming out of their cocoons uh, will usually hang out pretty close to their cocoon. They don't do a whole lot of flying. the The Atlas moth in general is not a very good flyer. Um, mostly because they don't have a lot of time to figure it out. Um, but she'll usually either f- fly up quickly or just crawl up uh, to a place where the wind can take uh, her pheromones mm-hmm. uh, that she releases and bring them to as many males as possible. And the males will use their energy to, um, to fly over to her and uh, fertilize her eggs. This way she will hopefully have enough energy uh, after the whole situation is done to actually lay the eggs. Um, otherwise, she might die before... If she's if she has to fly to the males, then she might not make it. Um, and usually the males come, fertilize the eggs, and then just die. Um, and so, you know, what a life. It's kind of like the... the um, the... Uh, what was it? The black, black anglerfish... Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, just a lot of insects where it's uh, reproduce and then die. Uh, outside of that, the cultural the the uh, atlas moth may have been the cultural inspiration for the legendary Japanese monster Mothra. Ah, and that's all I got. I also saw that males have antenna that are so sensitive they can detect. Just a few molecules of the female pheromone on the air. Oh, yes. I meant to tie that into what I mentioned earlier. They have the C-pen antennas. The very oh, yeah, yeah. Chemoreceptors. I was going to mention that. Yeah, that's that's what they use those for. C-pen. Because it's very important that they find a female and soon. <laughs> and close by. Yeah, they, they're... They're... Uh... Dating app range is set to like five mile radius. It's like, uh, I mean, she lives 10 miles away. I might die. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to limit that range. I am hungry and there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, <laughs> That's so awful. Me playing Skyrim with uh, the new survival mode on. Uh, oh, Anyway, I'm, that's I've never heard of that, and it sounds interesting. 
It, they they made Skyrim Breath of the Wild. You, you don't get have hot to eat in Breath of the Wild. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. You don't. They made it into that game Outward. Oh, yeah. They made it into a really uh, hyper-realistic D&D campaign. Yes. And you can get a backpack and stuff. But uh, let's get into the major fact, which I called Snake in the Grass. Like a, like a green snake and a sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Some, something her- like that. That's a Hermes saying. Ah, it's just Greek mythology with you now. You've moved no, that- from... <laughs> it's, it's just... I forgot... <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot that. Uh, no, that was a Futurama joke. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot that Hermes is anything other than the the dumpy Jamaican from <laughs> from Futurama. The bureaucrat. Uh, Atlas moths are large insects, but they are delicate and vulnerable, and they can eat, and they're very hungry, and they're under a lot of stress. So that they, I can totally relate. <laughs> <laughs> it hit too close to home this one delicate uh, and vulnerable and i can't eat i'm under a lot of stress and the kids <laughs> won't let me sleep and <laughs> uh but they're they're vulnerable to fast-moving predators but who's not um when sure. flight can't carry them to safety and when they don't want to expend the energy they have to rely on something else to avoid becoming lunch alice moths have extensions on their the tips of their forewings that look incredibly like snake heads. Hmm. So there I, was something interesting about the tips of their wings. <laughs> I, and I don't mean it's sort of like the size and shape of a snake head. There's counter shading, a black spot for an eye, and a line for a mouth. It is a snake's head. It lo- To me, a human man who knows I'm being tricked, it looks like a snake. It It is spot on yeah literally and figuratively of course having a, the appearance of a snake is great for smaller predators but there's probably several birds and mammals that wouldn't mind chowing down on a snake either so what is the atlas moth to do the atlas there's, moth there's not only counter shading but it looks like there's a shadow on the underbelly of the snake part like wow <laughs> that is that is some attention to detail. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the Atlas Moth doesn't just look like any snake. Its coloration and shape makes it look like a cobra. Now, mm. there's a particular cobra that lives in Borneo. Uh, Borneo is a tropical paradise. It's home to many reptiles, including the Malayan spitting cobra. This cobra's venom is extremely venomous, including neurotoxins and cardiotoxins, which means it's it damages your heart and your brain and nervous system. So the the toxins the toxin has an LD50 in mice of 0.5 micrograms. So what, what was LD again? Uh, life death and text yeah <laughs> uh, lethal dose 50 so that means f- it would kill 50% of mice uh, a group of mice it would kill 50 at le- a group of 100 mice it would kill 50 of them or a certain, um, like the, the amount this is the amount that would kill 50% of right a population of mice. in other words a hardy mouse might survive 
and a and a weak mouse might survive less. Yes. But 0.5 micrograms. That's not a lot. That's a snowflake is two milligrams. And a microgram is what? How does the metric one system thou- work? One, one thousand, thousand no, wait, mil- wait, wait. micrograms go into a milligram. Because nanograms are a tenth of a milligram, I think. And how many is a mammogram? <laughs> one milligram is a thousand micrograms. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's quite a small, not even a full microgram, dog. That's little. That's a tiny amount. Uh, so most animals stay far away from this cobra. So when the moth is threatened, it will land and start fanning its wings to appear as snake-like as possible. It's not just relying on the excellent rendering the Lord has provided its wings, but it just the act, it actually tries to mimic snake-like movement. So that is incredible. There's a picture of them on a tree branch. And it straight up looks like a coil of several snakes. Like you would I, like be walking by it and flinch and move away from it. And think there's two or three snakes in there. And you'd be wrong. Because it's just a gentle moth. It's it's just a, it's a completely harmless moth that's going to die of starvation pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That, yeah. And it's crazy because when it's like wings are folded, it looks like two snakes looking out yeah. in the same direction. That it looks so crazy. It's it's very close to the real deal. It's it, like you. I think this might take the cake when it comes to mimicry. Yeah, and and on this show, it's the like, best uh, mimicry so far. Outside of maybe like the leaf bug or the thorn bug like that's it's pretty it's pretty good yeah plus like like, the monarch butterfly and the uh viceroy butterfly yeah but at least that's like mimicking another butterfly yeah mimicking a snake like the moth has like and the snake have no like they're they're so far apart from each other and their body shapes are so different that it still manages to look pretty darn intimidating yeah and, and like other butterflies and moths have just big eye spots. So it's like, is that just a big face? I, I, it doesn't look like a specific thing. But this looks like a specific thing. Yeah. And it looks really, really a lot like a specific thing. It's really mm-hmm. hard to believe that this is a product of... There once was a moth that sort of had a defect that looked like sort of like a snake. And it survived and passed on its genes and so on and so on and so on. And now we have like a, it's a snake. It looks exactly like a snake. And a specific snake. So what we should have is a bunch of moths in the area that look like a whole bunch of snakes. But the ones that, um, that are, have a better chance of survival are the ones that look like the deadlier snake. So like, it just keeps getting like the, uh, the criteria just keeps getting, shaved down until all you're left with is moths that look exactly like a very particular hyper deadly snake <clears throat> when like if you looked like any snake I think you'd be fine 
Yeah. Unless you look like a snake that looks delicious to certain birds. All right, so that was the Atlas Moth. So for you out there in Podcastia, eat your eggs, stay beautiful, and keep your snake hands to yourself. Like the Atlas Moth here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. podcast <laughs> excellent excellent is, is it almost bath time bath time is at 6 30 Ooh.